Good morning. Good morning. I had to face a couple of uh, distracting challenges before I came here. The first one was uh, last night when I, thought, I realized that I was uh, coming here. And so I thought, oh, maybe you know, I should uh, find a nice, quiet spot, you know, just to kind of uh, be inspired and uh, think about what I was going to talk about today, you know. And so I went to uh, my garden in the back all day. I did all, perform all my duty. And at the end, I said, okay, now I can do it. <laughs> and so I sit on the bench, you know, and under the tree, it's beautiful. And all the flowers, you know, it's just summer. And then I see my partner join with two loud buckets of uh, kobachi. Kobachi, it's kind of a, you know, you recycle all of your, you know, garbage and things like that. But they were very juicy, <laughs> you know. And so she decided to get like a big drill and then had a mixer, you know, at the end of it and mix it all up, you know, <laughs> like this. <laughs> and so, so here I am in this idyllic, you know, place and then suddenly this perfume totally takes over this entire landscape. Like every, your clothes are sponging, <laughs> pungent, you know, smell. So I had to laugh and uh, go somewhere else to find some peace. <laughs> and this morning I said, well, maybe I should refresh myself a little bit. So I sat in my studio and on front, I got a desk with a, a, a front window where I can see my beautiful little street, not too far from here. And um, <coughs> it's a regular street, you know, one house next to the others with a front yard, each one their front yard, you know, with flowers. But one of my neighbor, uh, become increasingly tired to pull out weeds. So he decided to have a uh, artificial turf, mm. you know, in front of his uh, thing. So it's green all year round. It's cut all year round. <laughs> when everybody is like taking all the tools to remove the leaf, he is coming with a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> but this morning, you know, I'm there Quiet, the street is very quiet, it's beautiful light, you know, there's nobody. And I see a little squirrel on one side of the street, on the other side of the street, holding it in her mouth like, a big nuts, you know, like, uh, and like really, really tight. And jumping over, crossing the road, and going to my neighbor's yard, and starting to try to dig a hole in the artificial, artificial turf. <laughs> Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> that's really interesting. <laughs> anyway, it just really made me tickle. It was a, a, a wonderful thing to, well, to be greeted in the morning. So, it's pretty obvious. It's still summer. And uh, <coughs> this summer I decided uh, to, I made a vow 
that uh, not to engage in any project that involves computer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was a very clear, you know, because I have the tendency, I always have an idea to make one book and another book and another book and then suddenly, blah, 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 you know, in front of your computer and, you know, uh, by the end of August, uh, I keep asking myself, where did it go? You know? mm-hmm. So I decided to really kind of uh, take uh, all the necessary measures so that uh, I could really be outside as much as I could, you know enjoy the garden, get involved a little bit more with it, you know, getting a routine, just like sweeping the floors and all that, just little things like that. And, uh, <coughs> but, uh, <coughs> Joan and I also wanted to, Joan is my partner, and uh, we uh, decided to take a little bit of a holiday. And uh, <coughs> so she wanted originally to go to the state to go to a museum of typography because she's really into typography. She's a teacher, and she teaches that. So, but uh, looking at the map, you know, it was like uh, by Milwaukee. It, it would involve like about like I don't know twenty hours or so uh, <coughs> hours to drive. You know, in the middle of summer in the highways, I didn't think it was so much fun. So I suggested. Why don't we just go north, you know, and that's it. And this is one of the things we do usually, is that we actually uh, just uh, take off and uh, see what the day offers, you know, whenever we see something interesting, we stop, and uh, by like about six, seven o'clock in the day, we start looking for a place to stay. And, you know, it's just fun that way. No, no particular project, you know. And uh, <coughs> I really started to enjoy that, especially when uh, one year my parents came, the first time they came, uh, I told, uh, uh, they were very excited, so uh, I told you know, my father what we were about to do, you know, we are going to go there, like, you know, in, uh, in Tadoussac to see someone else, going to Quebec, you know, going this, going there, and uh, so yeah, it was fine. And then, uh, we went to pick, it, pick them up at the airport, and on the way to the airport, my father was sitting in the back of the car and said, you know, Jacques, the road leading to Tadoussac, there is 30 miles, which actually doesn't have any, you know, it's a rough road, apparently. <coughs> and I'm like this, I say, oh my God. My father is the type of guy who kind of really make a map for everything, wants to know where it's going, how it's going there, <laughs> and how it's going to look like, you know? And so, and I could not bear that, you know, and I say, this is like, you know, he's killing a strip, you know, he's killed it already, <laughs> you know, with that, uh, with his expe- expectation, you know, <laughs> that's how you kill your vacation. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I, I say nothing, and when we came home, you know, I say, okay, it's time for you to go to bed. And they go to bed, and I look at John and I say, we're not going anywhere, any other place. We, we decide to go tonight, we have to go somewhere else, you know. And so uh, we have to find out another trip. And so, I, and so we did, you know. The next day I say, we're not going any other place I told you we were going to go. We're going to go, you don't know. <laughs> and uh, my father was like really so much organized, just loved to have the control, 
you know, suddenly I removed everything. I killed a sex spectator. Made <laughs> 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 me a great killer that day, I tell you this much. And, uh, but, you know, what took place, it was life. Moment to moment, no, not knowing what was going to happen. And uh, he adapted extremely well. You know. So it was a strong reminder how we ourselves, you know, uh, we are great killers too also as well, you know, uh, wanting more than what we have, uh, you know, trying to find a better place, you know, and uh, trying to get a better job. You know, I mean, but that, you know, always kind of wanting a little bit more, being dissatisfied. So often I ended up pretty much killing uh, the very life we're supposed to live and don't really realizing that <coughs> what we have is perfect. You know, it's enough anyway, and perfect. Something to gauge, you know, something to kind of realize. And something, when we cut doing this, to be mindful of it. And developing the habit of mindfulness, of seeing this happening to ourselves, you know. And, uh, and that's, this is an important practice. Hmm? At first, it's difficult, because we have to rub against, like, really all that liking and disliking, wanting and wanting more, and that kind of things. So we need to give a certain effort to that mindfulness. It's really, we need to. And, uh, but as we do it, it becomes somehow effortless. So in a way, by giving effort, it becomes effortless, you know, that kind of things. So <clears throat> anyway, so John and I went. And uh, we started it. Uh, we went to visit uh, a friend of ours, uh, a couple. They uh, built this beautiful house in the Bruce Peninsula off the grid, big house with big window, lots of light, and uh, a fairly uh, large, uh, few, few acres, I think it's something like 14 acres on the Bruce Peninsula, uh, the coast of the Bruce Peninsula, you know, and uh, it's just really lovely. The house is a little bit, uh, uh, not, by the, uh, uh, not by the lake, uh, remote, you know, and uh, where it's placed, it's placed uh, at the edge of a large space, open space, beautiful space. And uh, it's just basically uh, grass, high grass. Yeah. And I have a favorite spot when I go there, especially in the summer. And uh, it's funny because it, it, it makes me remind, it remind me of a place I have been in South Korea. I will come back to that later. But uh, it's, it's a rock which is like uh, away from the house, quite a way out. It's about actually the side of this uh, room. And uh, it has like a little cracks in which there are like beautiful wild flowers of all colors for the purples and uh, yellow. And my friend also put seeds in there. So there is like really a variety of colors of height and uh, insect seems to just like being, love being you know, there still, you know. Uh, the rock collects the warmth of the sun and it seems like when you sit there, 
it vibrates, you know, it kind of radiated. It's quite beautiful. When I sit there, it's, uh, it's quite special. And uh, I have a view of the field. And uh, there is, around the field, those very tall trees. They look like mountain. They're so tall, they're really whole trees. And uh, there is, uh, at the bottom of the tree, some bushes. And uh, right over the edge of the rock, there are some uh, uh, grass. Uh, they are like bamboo leaves, you know, they are sharp. And, uh, they're very pointed. And uh, so all of those, when the wind comes, uh, moves and creates this beautiful music. Each one a different music. The trees, you know, like, you know. And so it's like an orchestra. They all have you know. So you can sit there in stillness and really, uh, truly uh, listen and enjoy. And uh, this summer when I was sitting there and uh, I was at this moment and I thought, ooh, I think this is what Rikpa uh, feels. <laughs> Rikpa is a name for uh, a deep awareness uh, and involved with past, present and future. Just this, just me. And uh, so that interests me because, especially when you say no past, well, we understand that the past is gone. Uh, the f no future, we understand that. It's not there, you know. But no present, like, we are totally, we cannot have a relationship with the present. The present is gone. The moment we see it, we can only be the present. That's beautiful. For me, it's uh, really, it, uh, I love, the word that comes to mind for me is the feeling of being suspended. <laughs> you know, nothing to hang on. Very, in a way, fits perfectly with the landscape, <laughs> you know. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine in uh, France, and uh, we were Skyping. He had a little holder in hand. And uh, he lives in a beautiful little village in Burgundy, very remote, in a rock, a stone house. And, uh, and yet, uh, very troubled, very unhappy, very much, stuck in the past. Like, the past in him stuck together, like glue, you know? He cannot let go of the past, you know? And uh, he's very dissatisfied with, uh, with uh, his life, and so he really goes to the past to find answer, but he goes there and he's stuck, you know what I mean? And uh, so, uh, <coughs> That's the relationship he has with the past. So, mindf the, you know, like the mindfulness of recognizing where we are, where we are self stuck with, you know, sometimes, you know, 
And I sometimes often talk about the, the uh, conditionings and everything else, you know. And uh, I know myself, I, I always like uh, being a French person, you know, somehow, you know, your conditioning, my conditioning is really to really live the French way somehow. <laughs> I find that it gives me excuse to do a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go there. <laughs> but I leave it to your imagination. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, it was Sunim when they gave me actually a plate, you know, uh, somehow that uh, uh, an official plate of being uh, a good living and uh, uh, what is it? Um, uh, a, rod to, uh, a rod for laughter, you know, like uh, something like that. Anyway. So anyway, so to learn to regret, but the present, so no past, no future, no present. I love this, you know. Where did it go? You know, gone. So each and every moment, fresh. Yeah. And uh, it's a fantastic, I mean, anyway, I was quite, uh, um, <laughs> It's one of those moments on the rock, you know, it uh, somehow uh, fills you up with this uh, feeling of being suspended. You know. And carrying that with you home, you know, back to town, you know, type of things. And uh, I remember once uh, uh, when I was traveling with Sun in uh, South Korea, uh, we uh, uh, often did a few trips with him. And uh, we, um, often I was this donkey, you know, like uh, carrying honey and books, you know, nonstop, you know, like uh, that was the thing. And so climbing up mountains, you know, and, and all that. So one morning we arrived, uh, when uh, we arrived in this little temple um, uh, by, the, by those mountains, and it was a beautiful little, a beautiful little temple, we uh, wake up for practice. Uh, at like 4.30, and after we finished the practice, uh, just slightly after uh, the sun rised, uh, Sunim tells me, he said, you know, you go up the mountain and uh, you go and visit this monk. He has some wine. Sunim understand very much my French conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> so, he knows a carrot in front of me will not really take me far. But if you tell me there's wine on top of the mountain, I'll go. <laughs> Even in the morning. <laughs> anyway, so uh, and I said, okay. And I think he was quite surprised because, you know, it's like, where do you go from there? You know? I said, okay, I'll find that hermit monk, you know, making winemaker. And uh, it, it was uh, just so uh, lovely, uh, just uh, the path starting with uh, bamboo groves, with birds crossing my path I have never seen before. And as I climbed up, the tree changed. It was like oak trees and other trees. And then as I get higher and higher, away from the forest I could see it was all pine trees and rocks, pine trees growing, you know, on the edge of rocks, and, and I would go higher and higher, and I could see, uh, you know, pretty much more lights and the mountains, and at one point, I came across this rock. It was a 
big rock at the edge of a cliff overlooking the valley. And there was this uh, pine tree next to it, you know, just hanging there and uh, producing the shadow over this rock. It was a princely set. I couldn't resist. And I remember sitting there, it was like, it was so calm, beautiful. My mind felt really immense you know, and, uh, and free. It was, a, it was quite, a, quite, quite lovely. And uh, <coughs> I had to climb all the way up to the mountain and I failed to see where I could find this uh, hermit monk until when I came back, I saw a little bit of a roof between trees and I went and paid a visit to him. And, uh, <coughs> all he had to offer was a radish or an apple. No <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> so he came with the big trays and uh, there was like one apple and a gigantic radish. And so, <laughs> well, I think I'll take the apple. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was quite lovely because we, uh, obviously, he didn't speak English and I don't speak Korean. And, uh, but we sat uh, there on a little bench and uh, we, in silence, he kept uh, looking at my clothes and touching them just to, uh, because there was a lot of patches in my pants, and uh, so it was like, and it was a, it was a lovely, and uh, then when I finished my apple, I bowed to him, and we bowed to each other, and uh, I left, and uh, there. So, nothing much to report from uh, this uh, beautiful summer, other than just uh, a little bouquet of wildflowers and a uh, uh, rather big Frenchman riding uh, down next to them under the sun and uh, enjoy the rest of the summer. Mm -hmm.